Hey, I am Dave, and you're listening to another episode of Dying to Listen Podcast, presented by the Disc Golf Dyers Guild. Today, we have Don from Donnie Dyes in the flesh, in person. So, he is another Wisconsin-based dyer based out of Appleton currently, correct? That's correct. Awesome. So, thank you for joining in person. All right. Yeah. A couple guys from Wisconsin. Talk about a couple two-tree dyes here. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> All cripes. So, we actually just played around earlier in the day um, at uh, Sandy Knoll. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to ask the question, do you play disc golf? Because we literally just played disc golf. Okay. <laughs> Why do you like playing disc golf? I don't know. I like throwing stuff. <laughs> I always like throwing stuff. Um, I don't know. I always played sports. Uh, didn't have a competitive outlet when I found disc golf. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was uh, dating a girl in Green Bay, and uh, we drove by a course one day, and she's like, yeah, my friends play, so we should go with them sometime. I was like, yeah, whatever, okay, you know. It was early on, you know, when you're trying to be nice in a relationship and, you know, not uh, throw too much judgment out there. But in my head, I was like, the only people I know are that play disc golf are huge stoners. <laughs> so I was like, ah, that's not really my thing, but, you know, I'll give it a try. And then we got there, and, uh, you know, her friends are, like, dressed in, like, athletic gear and, you know, athletic shoes I showed up in sandals because I'm like, we're throwing Frisbees, right? <laughs> um, no, it's not the case. And then, you know, I watched them throw and they're throwing like 300 feet. I'm like, you could do that with a Frisbee? So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I kind of hated it at first because my <laughs> discs did nothing but go left. And, you know, <laughs> I was lucky if I went like 100 feet. But, uh, yeah, I think after the first time I threw like... I don't know, somewhere 250, 300 and had that perfect full flight. I was kind of hooked after that. Um, I think I vaguely remember playing once in like junior high or something. I think my PE teacher needed a, a filler activity for mm. a day or two because like I think we only did it once. But I think we had actual Frisbees and there was no baskets. We were throwing at like those little uh orange uh bendy sticks that you used mm. to like mark driveways mm -hmm. yeah i hated that that was <laughs> that was stupid but real disc golf is pretty awesome <laughs> that's awesome so when did you first start really playing disc golf i think it was towards the end of summer 2017 when i first played um but then it was like spring of like 2018 where i like really got hooked and i was just like buying all the discs i could uh, trying to try all the different ones and figure out which one works best. Uh, little did I know at the time, like I should have just stuck with my Leopard 3 and my Shark and just try to get really good with those before buying, you know, all the, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 speed discs. But, uh, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, I mean, that's how you learn. Uh, plus, it's not you, it's the discs that make you better, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. It's the arrows, not the archer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's awesome that uh, you've been playing for a good amount of time. Yeah, roughly five years, give or take a few months. Do you have any of your first discs that you bought? I have my first Ace disc, and that was that's still in the car, actually. Um, but yeah, I was super lucky. I got a Ace after like six months of playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny to think about now i threw a seven speed on like a 200 foot hole that was wide open 
because I was like, oh, yeah, I need this disc to get there. But mm-hmm. now, you know, it's like a putter <laughs> shot. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that's the the oldest disc I probably have. I kind of just sold everything else and simultaneously kept buying new <laughs> stuff. Yes. Um, speaking of your ace, where was that? Uh, that was at Adelaide, Adelaide Park in Fond du Lac. Okay. I don't think I've ever played there. Eh, you're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now, they cut down so many trees, it's even more wide open. And uh, I think one of the holes doesn't even have a tee pad anymore. Right on. So where are you from? Uh, originally from Campbellsport, which is uh, in between um, West Bend and Fond du Lac, north and south. So Okay. What brought you to Appleton? When uh, my now wife and I got back together in about three years ago, she was living up there. And uh, so, yeah, I wasn't really happy with where I was at right at the time. And uh, it was time for a change. Um, So moved up there and uh, haven't looked back. It's a great area. Yeah. No, I've lived there, I think, for three or four years. I, I liked it when I was up there. Yeah, there's plenty to do. Yeah. Plenty of great courses, too. And speaking of courses, where is your favorite course uh, in your neck of the woods? Uh, my go-to course would have to be probably Ohauser because there's multiple tee pads, multiple baskets on every hole. Um, it's a public park, but they take a little bit better care of it than most other public parks. So nice. it's pretty nice. They're adding another nine-hole beginner course there, too. They're revamping a few courses in the area, so it's a, it's a pretty exciting time for disc golf. That's nice. When I was in Appleton, there was a course like north of Appleton. What was that one? Uh, you're talking about Plomin? Yeah. Yeah, they're redoing that one too. Um, hmm. I, I don't remember why they had to um, expand something else nearby the park. So they had to take out some holes and so they're adding holes somewhere else or something like that. I don't know. I was never a huge fan of that course, so I, I haven't been there for a while. Um, there's, I don't know. There's just so many other courses in the area. I don't really need to spend times at time at the ones that I don't like. Yeah. There is a lot of courses in Wisconsin. Um, uh, what was that? Rolling Ridge. That's somewhat close to Appleton ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's just over a half hour from me. Oh yeah. Nice. So yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, I like to go there in like August, September, October when mm. it's drier, uh, so much of it's in low-lying area. Yeah. I mean, with the spring layout, you're basically playing playing uh, you know, half the course twice. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's another one where there's three tee pads, three baskets on just about every hole. Yeah. So you can play it nine times and never play it the same way. Yeah, I've been meaning to get up there um, to play that. It's been a hot minute, but yeah. So while we're here, disc dying. Oh, yeah, that's what this is about. Yeah, this ain't a disc golf podcast. There's plenty <laughs> of those. Uh, what got you into this thing? It was because, uh, you know, after I started, I um, I met a, met my buddy Bill at one of the tournaments. And, um, yeah, I think he was the first one I saw with a dyed disc. So I started asking him questions about it. And... Uh, um, I think I had him die a disc or two for me before I went to his house to like see what it was all about. And uh, 
You know, my first die was just a simple spin die. Um, I think it was on like a renegade. It had like a red, white, and blue stamp. So I put like, you know, red and blue spin on it, you know, leaving mm-hmm. space for the white. And uh, yeah, that was that uh, go-to disc I told you about that I just lost. I thought I saw mm-hmm. where it landed and it just disappeared. Um, man, yeah, I've never had a disc like that since. It was just nice and uh, nice and beat in. Hmm. But yeah, that's how I started, just like simple spin dies. And uh, starting out, I did not have the patience for anything much more complicated than that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I kept seeing all these really cool dies that other people were doing. So I think as I went on, uh, I gained more patience to do and try more things. Um, and uh, yeah, actually, uh, that's where the, the wife kind of comes in. Like I got her into dying a little bit too and uh so she doesn't play at all Mm -hmm. and so she looks at it i think more even more from like a artistic standpoint um so she'll do some things that that i wouldn't do that's not to say that it's you know bad Mm -hmm. um but i have a very specific way that i like to die discs because those are the you know the types of dies that i would like um, but she looks at it more from a artistic standpoint and, uh, yeah, she's much better at weeding than I am. <laughs> um, and, uh, sometimes just better at like color choices and stuff like that too. So, um, yeah, she doesn't die as often, but I'll definitely, you know, ask her like, you know, what color should I use here? And mm-hmm. can you weed this for me? <laughs> <laughs> can you do the boring stuff? No, that's awesome. Uh, that she does that. Do either you or her have an art background? I mean, we're both into music. I mean, that's art. But mm-hmm. as far as uh, like painting and, and coloring and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, um, you know, she's done some like simple like canvas painting and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I wouldn't really say I've never really been artistic in in this sense. Um, outside of uh, music, I haven't really been. Uh, drawn to it very Hmm. often so this is art why do you like dying discs i don't know i kind of feel like it's important for everyone to have some sort of artistic outlet Mm -hmm. um i feel like it it definitely helps with uh you know your your mental health sort of um it's also helped me uh disc dying has definitely helped me develop a little bit more uh patience (laughs) um yeah Early on with the stencils, I remember there was times where, like, you know, I'd get so frustrated when I couldn't get a stencil on right or, mm-hmm. you know, I'd get halfway through it and, like, accidentally um, ruin the stencil and I have to start over. You know, I get so mad and, like, slam the disc down or something. But um, I'm past that point now. <laughs> that's good. Um, that's good that disc dying has brought you patience and inner peace for the most part. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. It can be kind of like meditative. Mm-hmm. Um, like I won't always even like listen to music or or podcasts. Like sometimes I'm just in my basement in silence, you know, uh, you know, weeding a stencil or something like that. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. You just kind of zone in onto whatever it is that you're doing. At least I find it interesting that spin dyeing was your first forte into disc dyeing. I don't think I've ever heard of spin dyeing being someone's first. Usually it's something like a bed or something. Um, so what was your second thing or method that you did after the spin dyeing? 
I think after that was actually um, something like this uh, shaving cream dye here. It's a, you know, it's a few years old now, so it's faded. But yeah, I think I had, um, I got the, the, the eye dye powder mm. and, you know, that was another thing my, my buddy showed me on one of his discs, you know, just, you know, fill up a pie pan and, um, we didn't do the mound. We just like, you know, fill up the pie pan, mm. level it off, uh, sprinkle the, uh, the eye dye powder on there and then, you know, just leave it sit for a day and, uh. Yeah, I got a little bored with, you know, doing, you know, like just adding colors. Uh, I didn't know anything about um, like vinyl cutters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another thing my buddy introduced me to, but um, I put off getting those for, for so long because, like I said, I didn't have the patience for stencils. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, for a while, I was having him make stencils for me and then he would mail them to me Um because by that time, uh, he had moved out of state. Mm. So I would just send him some money and he would, um, mail me, uh, stencils. Um, but yeah, I got bored with just, just adding color. So I found like these stickers at the dollar store. I got a bunch of like star shaped Mm. stickers. And so I, I put those on the disc to just leave some negative space. And, um, yeah, that's how I did, uh, this one. Yeah. I have this, other one this was another early dye super faded now but same thing as did spin dye to match the uh the stamp sort of and uh i had the the star stickers around the outside but i'll say i was gonna ask you how did you get those stars but but those stickers that's a great idea honestly yeah it was it was cheap and easy yeah way easier than than weeding stencils mm-hmm. um so actually the the stencils my buddy was sending me were the um like the watermelon stencils. Mm. Um that was literally all I did for a long time <laughs> yeah. because you know, just spin dye the the pink in the middle and spin dye the, the green on the outside, you know, slap the stencil on there and then uh yeah, and actually at the time I didn't know any better. I was using like black lotion mix and like putting that on there. Um I use the the the, um, the quick coat warm dip, and uh, yeah, that doesn't get very black. Hmm. Um, so I was using a ton of dye and still not getting black enough. Um, first few dyes, I like just after I wash it off, would fill in the seeds with like a permanent marker. <laughs> <laughs> it's still technically dyeing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they uh, they sold pretty well for a while, but you know, I got bored of that after after so long. So. Still my Instagram profile picture, though. I need a new one. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, do you think you have a signature style? Depends on the point in time when you ask that question. <laughs> um, right now, I've been doing a lot of like stencil dyes with either a glue bed or a, a cell background. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at first, you know, obviously, it was either just spin dyes or watermelons. Um I did so many watermelon dyes. I can't even can even count. You know, probably did over a hundred watermelon dyes. Oh wow! Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. Right now, I'm into like um, stencil dyes with a with a background. I don't know. I mm-hmm. love that. It just I feel like it just makes the image really pop. So um, I guess that's kind of my style right now. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. It's just whatever I'm into at the moment, I guess. What is your favorite dye method if you had to pick a method to do? Yeah, I really like stencils now uh, because you just have more control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I can't. I haven't gotten those good, clean, like, chameleon cells. Uh, I don't know. My cell beds look more like uh, oil slicks or uh, like a, like a really colorful bubble bath or something. I don't know. They're not uh, they're not very uniform. Uh, kind of jealous of the the good, clean cell dyes. You know, especially like when they have like a really good transition across the disc you know mm -hmm. of like a yellow to orange to red or something like that like all the way across the disc and mm -hmm. that's really cool you know or like the the rainbow cell dyes um you know like the i think it's uh like the michael O'Hearn or the darrow j dyes is that yep he does yeah. those yeah yeah those are the two that really come to mind when i think of that um i haven't really uh taken the time to develop that you know i tried a few times got frustrated and just went back to what i was doing <laughs> yeah um i mean you're more than welcome to always come over and we can experiment with things because float trail stuff for me i'm still new to it i've only done i think literally one bed so far yeah that sounds good i think one of my problems is i don't have the right size pan for one thing so oh. i gotta get that um i was using like what is it like a I don't know, uh, 12 by 10, uh, like cookie sheet or something like that. It was way too big, wasting mm. way too much, uh, material. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember one guest surf city, he like used a cookie sheet. I don't know if it was that big. It might've been a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah. And, um, I believe happy tree dies uses paper plates. Wow. Yeah. But can't imagine doing that. I mean, whatever works, but yeah, we'll, we'll need to experiment and try to figure the shit out. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm down for that. Um, what methods have you all tried? Yeah. So you started with spin dyes. Um, I've done a few shaving cream dyes. Um, actually one of the first dyes I sold was a lotion dye, but I, I had no idea what I was doing and uh, just kind of came up with an idea in my head and went with it. It is not anywhere near yeah. the way anybody does lotion dyes hmm. at all. Um, I didn't know where to look when I started to find out how to mm -hmm. do dyes. Um, I remember watching a few videos of... Uh, disc golf nerd mm. um he had a couple videos about dying out there but it was uh pretty basic stuff um he's a good guy though i don't know what happened to him uh you know a lot of good videos out there like disc reviews and um some dying videos mm. stuff like that when i first started playing uh i would i actually emailed him a few times just asking him questions about like discs and whatnot and you know like what i should be throwing and he was he was really good about getting back to me and, you know, trying to point me in the right direction. Um, but yeah, I don't know what happened to him. He was putting out YouTube videos and started a podcast there for a while. And then all of a sudden he just, uh, just disappeared. Hmm. Kind of like, uh, 
Beefy dies. I yeah. haven't heard anything about or from him, but yeah. when I uh, finally got on Instagram with the die page, I was following him, and then all of a sudden just kind of disappeared. Hmm. Um, well, I hope I don't disappear, or I don't plan on it. <laughs> I hope you don't disappear either. Yes. Um, but yeah, I started with spin dyes. I did a few shaving cream dyes, lotion dyes. Yeah, my first lotion dye... I had the worm dip in like one of those fine tip um, metal metal mm-hmm. tip mm-hmm. squeeze bottles. I just had plain lotion on a, a, a plate, mm-hmm. like a ceramic plate. I filled the bottom with lotion, leveled it off, and then just kind of like doodled in the lotion with the straight dye, you know, most, you know, Usually you see somebody, you know, like they'll fill a, mm-hmm. a Frisbee with lotion and then, you know, you do your design with more lotion mixed with dye and then, you know, stir it up or do the, the floral pattern or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, lazy wave or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I just doodled in plain lotion with dye and, uh, yeah, I don't know, put it up for auction. Somebody liked it. Huh. So... I kind of yeah. want to see a picture of that just to see how that design looked. Oh, I'd have to do some digging. I mean, I think I posted it on Facebook. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll come up on my memories one of these days, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you a, a random disc pic. <laughs> just gonna send me a disc pic. <laughs> Unsolicited disc disc pics. Uh, I'm curious, how did the dye react when you dropped it on the lotion? If I remember right, I think. A good chunk of it stayed in the lotion, but I did end up getting some nicely defined, like, squiggly lines of dye on the disc. And then uh, hmm. uh, I think, if I remember right, surprisingly, you know, being like one of the first discs I dyed, I was smart enough to at least finish it off with a, a spin dye to make it look uh, mm-hmm. nice and crisp and complete. And, uh, yeah, I just put it up for for auction on uh, Facebook and, you know, people bid on it. I think I sent it to a guy in Florida. For your spin dyes, what mixture do you use? I still have a lot of uh, worm dip or quick coat. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't used it too much lately, uh, but that's what I, um, that's what I always use for the, uh, my watermelon dyes. I just think the the colors uh, work really well for that. I mean, they already have a color called watermelon green, so <laughs> you're pretty set right there. Makes sense. And then uh, I think the pink and the the red um, combine really well to make the um, you know the center like the actual fruit of the the mm. watermelon. But yeah, I have tried using uh, some denatured alcohol mixtures. Uh, I don't like it as much because I'm impatient. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I have some denatured alcohol. I, I use it sometimes, but uh, I've started switching some of those mixtures out for just acetone and dye because mm-hmm. it, it goes quicker. Um, yeah, I don't really run into too many situations where I really need to use the the denatured alcohol. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just got frustrated with uh, having to use so many more coats. I was just like, I just want to get it on, get it done. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're impatient like me, but like you said, this dying has made you zen. 
Or just eat the disc when he gets frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your favorite colors to use? Yeah, I have a bunch of like the, the two ounce containers from ProChem, mm-hmm. but I went and sprung for like some of the eight ounce containers mm-hmm. in the uh, the colors that I really like. Um, those are just, you know, like some of the brightest ones, you know, like your uh, neon lemon zest and um, uh, Caribbean blue and the uh, neon cerise pink. I really like those three. Uh, I use those a lot when I do do the uh, the Floetrol or cell beds. Mm. Uh, you know, those are basically your primary color. So, you know, they go well together. You don't really have to worry about mixing them and, you know, turning into like weird browns and, and greens and grays and all that gross stuff. Yeah. Um, I should have seen the, the first cell bed I tried. Uh, I don't know why I forgot. I thought for some reason the colors would not blend so much, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of cells and those first few discs were mostly green and brown. So um yeah you don't even want to use those discs anymore i mean you throw those in a wide open field and you won't be able to find them (laughs) and they're gone yeah Yeah. um at least you're trying and learning and experimenting yeah yeah i've accidentally discovered some some pretty cool things so oh yeah so when i finally got a little bit better at the cells um i started putting um, I got the, the squeeze bottles for like, um, condiments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think they're like eight ounce bottles. Um, so I started mixing the, uh, the dye up in there with the Floetrol. And then before I made the bed, I would put like one to three drops in the, uh, squeeze bottle to mm-hmm. gently shake that up a little bit, you know, uh, cause I found out, I think either by uh, watching a T. Diddy video or one of your podcasts. Like, if you mix that up too much, you'll get just a ton of tiny cells, and they're not very well defined. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I did that, and then I started putting, I don't know, probably anywhere between, like, three to five drops of straight silicone in the bottom of the Frisbee, too, before... I put down like the, you know, your base layer of Floetrol. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. And then I like to just, I usually just do like lines, you know, straight across the, the bed. Mm-hmm. And then I like to do the, uh, the saran wrap drags. And then I'll just, um, I don't drag it. I don't like to drag it all the way down the, the bed because I feel like it just pulls too much color from one end to the other. And then I end up with like, a bunch of color at one end and mm-hmm. then the other end is still mostly white. So I like to put the saran wrap on there nice and flat and then um, just pull uh, from the top hmm. down, I guess. And so what I've noticed is it only pulls the flow trawl like so far after it, um, after you pull it off. And so like, you know, I'll do, you know, I usually use like three colors. So I'll do like one line of each color and with like a little bit of space in between. And it doesn't, uh, doesn't pull the colors too far. So you don't have them mixing multiple times. So like 
you know, the first set of three would pretty much stay within itself, maybe mix with the second set a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you get that good mixture and like constant like color transition throughout the whole drag. And then, um, I don't know, you end up with some pretty neat colors and a lot of uh, really like bubbly looking cells. Mm. I don't know. Kind of sometimes when I get it right, um, really have to try to perfect this, but like I've done a few where they just, you just get like a ton of, get a ton of bubbles. Like, you know, it looks like somebody, you know, took their straw and just like, mm. you know, blue in their drink yeah interesting so. i so i've never heard that you lay a little bit of silicone oil before you put the base full draw on um yeah i don't know if i if it was coincidence or if i saw the video first and then started doing it um but yeah i think uh i think bobby from t diddy um does that too or at least he did in in the the one video I watched on um, the way he does cell beds. So, did, was that a noticeable difference when he did that? Um, yeah, I think I got got more cells doing that. Hmm. How uh, thick do you have your base layer? I don't know. It's been a while since I measured it. I usually just kind of pour the the Floetrol in until it you know fills the whole bottom of the frisbee, mm-hmm. and then I think if I remember right, it's either you know a quarter or half inch deep in the middle um i have measured it a couple times and then um then i just just stop counting um Mm -hmm. i don't uh i don't take notes or anything like that i Mm -hmm. just like to kind of try to go by feel um maybe i should take notes you're talking it out now i feel like i'd be (laughs) a lot better at things if i had some notes to look at because I don't remember exactly how I did some of my best sell dies. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah, it, I it wouldn't hurt to take notes. Yeah. So I can get you a notebook if that helps. I actually do have a notebook in my die area. It never leaves the drawer though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, speaking of die area, where do you die your discs? Um, in the basement. Okay. Uh, it's an unfinished basement mm-hmm. there's two rooms i just use the one in back that's totally been taken over by all the the dye stuff that have accumulated over the last couple years um yeah and there's just enough room where i have like two practice baskets set up too so like sometimes when i'm waiting for a Wait. hot dip to take or something i'll just like putt back and forth and uh that's awesome uh somewhat random question do you have a utility sink in your basement yeah we do conveniently nice um the only inconvenient part is i do have to walk all the way across the basement to get to it but how big of a house do you have um i don't know it's not huge um actually <laughs> no, i have to walk across <laughs> my basement well when you're yeah. walking across the basement with you know a bed full of floetrol or yeah. a disc that may or may not drip um yeah, I'm, there's stains all over the basement floor now. Um, we're not getting our security deposit back, but uh, oh well. I I had fun making a mess. <laughs> uh, speaking of spills, have you had any fail stories or anything that was notable that like you fucked up on? 
Yeah, uh, there's probably a few things other than just the like green and brown discs. Um, uh, starting out with the, the heat lamps, I didn't know um, what type of heat lamp to get. So I ended up getting like this little heat lamp for like reptiles. It was just this little thing. Didn't mm -hmm. cast a light bigger than like probably like three by three inches. So it wasn't like big enough to heat up the whole disc or anything like that. You can use that for minis. Yeah. 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 It would have been good for minis. But uh, yeah, I set that too close to a disc for too long um, and kind of partially melted a disc. Really? So, it got that hot? Yeah. Yeah. How close was it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's probably inside of six inches. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, too close. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, there was that. Um, I don't know. I spilled a lot, but we don't. There's nothing that I would really care about ruining mm -hmm. anywhere in the dye area with that. So, um, yeah, we just have like cheap folding tables. And uh, there was like a makeshift table left in the basement, like, you know, before I'd before I moved in there, mm -hmm. um, it's just like two pallets with like an old piece of a countertop on top of it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I had a major accident trying to do uh, one of the flip cup dives mm. on that. Uh, got a little too fast and a little too aggressive with the flip. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fun. Um, and while we're on the topic with Floatrol, have you ever tried chameleon cells? Yeah, yeah, I've I've attempted it. Um never really got it down. Uh I think I, I had a couple that were okay. Um actually I don't I don't really feel like they were very chameleon, but you know, it did have a couple with some like very good defined cells. Mm -hmm. Um actually so I forget who it was, but listening to one of the, the Dyer's Guild podcasts, um, you know, I heard about the, like the, the using the sheet pan and, you know, mm -hmm. how to, uh, like, um, get the cells with, uh, like a skewer and the, the silicone and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that sounds like Lilbot if I remember right. Um. So yeah, I tried that and you know, I had like the cookie sheet pan, which is probably a little bit too big. And um I don't know, had uh, moderate success, wasn't anything to uh write home about. Um but then actually uh told the wife about that and then she tried it and she did it better than I did. <laughs> um so yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um I don't even remember what I did with the disc that I died. Um, I don't know. That might have been one of the ones that I just traded in at a play it again sports. I was just like, yeah, you want to give me something for this? I don't, I don't really feel like selling it and putting my name behind it. So, um, yeah, I've done that a few times now just to try and get rid of the discs that uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that I died. <laughs> hey, kids, you want this die disc? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, um, so I want to talk more about your stencils. Um, so I know you got 
the other guy to make your stencils. What finally pushed you over the edge to actually get a machine? I don't know. I think I was just uh, just tired of waiting. You know, he's a he's a busy guy, and uh, I was also getting a little bit bored with the the watermelon dyes. Uh, actually, he did make me some pretty sweet uh, pizza stencils too. I've done quite mm. a few um, dyes, uh, trying to make it look like a more somewhat realistic but a little bit cartoonish uh, pizza. Hmm. So that was pretty cool. I actually sold one to a guy. I think he was in Madison. He said he was a pizza chef. And then uh, one day I got a random uh, message. It was just a, a picture of the, the disc hanging on the wall. So nice. that was pretty cool. I always like that. I yeah. feel feel honored when people, you know, appreciate it so much that they just, they just want to hang it on the wall. Um is that's not something I do. I like I like to I like to throw things. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, to each their own. I mean, if you just want to hang it on the wall, that's cool too. Yeah, I mean, it's your disc. Do whatever you want with it. Yeah, but it should be thrown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what machine do you have? Um, I'm pretty sure I got the same one you got right there. Is that the like Explore Air Two or whatever it is? So what I have is the Cricut Maker. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's okay. that's a little bit fancier than mine. Then, yeah. I don't know. I got the the cheap one. I mean, I think it was on sale too. <laughs> that's honestly, if you're just cutting vinyl, that is all you need. The the reason I got the maker is because the wife and I were gonna do some other things with it because it can do a crap ton of other things like cut fabric or whatever. Um, but yeah, what vinyl is your preferred vinyl currently? Uh, it's the Oracle 651. Um, okay. I've tried other brands. Um, I don't know. I tried the the brand that uh, that uh, Bobby from T Diddy recommended. I didn't. I didn't really like it. Um, Do you remember what it was? Because I don't. Well, actually, the problem was that I bought like a, a mix pack, so mm. there was all different types in there. There was matte. There was glossy. Mm. There was. I don't know what it's called, but there was, you know, some that were like really reflective. They looked like mm. aluminum foil almost. Yeah. And they, they broke like aluminum foil too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. But, uh, yeah, the Oracle 651 is by far the best that I've used. So do you have a favorite color and or finish? Uh, matte white. Matte white. Hmm. Why yeah. do you like white? Just curious. I don't know. It just makes sense to me. I like to do, you know, I do a lot of, a lot of hot dips so mm-hmm. then I can see when the black is nice and black. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really have a problem seeing, you know, what needs to be weeded and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I feel like that I have used some black vinyl too. Um, I don't know. That can always be a little bit tricky I I feel like regardless of what color you have, like seeing which parts you need to weed out and yeah, and which you don't at the time. So, well, we agree that we like matte. I like matte black. I like matte white. Which you can see the difference for on the glossy disc. But I think I mentioned this before. I like the matte black. The black because then I can have the black as a reference to see how black my hot dip is. So if it's not black enough, then I can. Just Make it more black. 
I usually just hold it up to the light and see how well I can see through it. Right on. So the most important question, do you put the vinyl on top of the disc or the disc on top of the vinyl when you apply it? Oh, you got to put the, the vinyl on top of the disc. Okay, good. I yeah. like you. You're my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. That, you know, the other way around, that is that is like putting the toilet paper roll on backwards. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, to each his own, but our way is right. Yeah. That is that is like the one thing where I would tell Keith Lempo, you're wrong. <laughs> um, how do you center your stencils on your disc? So I have done the laser pointer thing, mm -hmm. but I ordered like one of those cheap laser pointers for cats off of Amazon. Mm hmm and uh, I did not take the time to come up with some sort of rig to hold it steady. Uh, there's a bunch of nails in the, the, the beams in the basement. Mm -hmm. So I just found a nail that was over one of my tables and just hung it from there. The problem is, the problem with that is I got to wait like <laughs> yes. two to five minutes for it to stop wobbling. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't very efficient. Um, and uh, I realized I have one of those like bendy desk lamps, mm -hmm. you know, it's got like these net, the gooseneck on it. And um, so I'll just take the, the disc and I'll mark the center of the disc with um, a magic marker. And then uh, I take the, the vinyl. Uh, when I do the stencils, I usually make a 10 and a half inch circle. And then, you know, center the, the image in the middle of that. If I can, I'll um, do the center dot mm. if, if it works out like that. And, you know, if that's going to be like right in the middle of a area that's going to be black anyway, I don't have to worry about that. And then if not, I will just measure it out and then mark again with like magic marker on the, the vinyl where the center is. And then I'll just line those two up. Um, you know, take the, the desk lamp and, you know, bend it so that it's facing up, set the disc on top of that. So the lights shining through the, the center of the disc. And then I can very easily see, you know, where the center of the disc is in the center of the, the vinyl or the image. And then I just kind of like fold it up kind of like a taco a little bit and then line it up and then kind of set it down and kind of let it gently unfold itself. And then, uh, you know, from there, continue putting the stencil on. Um, I had a really hard time getting the stencils on and, you know, not having any air bubbles and stuff like that mm -hmm. at first. And then uh actually messaged uh, Keith Lempa about that. And uh, he has a very in-depth video. Mm -hmm. I, it might even be two separate videos on that. Um, so, yeah, I watched most of that. I just kind of like kept clicking forward to get to the parts that I needed to see. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was super helpful. Um, but yeah, still don't have as much patience as, as he does. Uh, <laughs> he goes a bit above and beyond with some, some things, but, uh, I mean, you can't knock the results. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, what transfer paper do you use? Oh, I don't even know what the brand is it's like some sort of uh abbreviation or whatever it's 
a 50 foot roll that I bought off of Amazon. So is it like uh, masking tape or is it like clear? It's it's clear. It's got like red okay. grid lines on it. Uh, the brand name I think is like I think it's like three letters. I want to say it's like YMT or something mm. like that. I don't know. It's it's cheap and it works. Mm-hmm. It's like I think it's like sixteen or seventeen dollars for a fifty foot roll. Okay. Yeah, I used to use that, but now I use. Um, I can show you later, but it's like the paper, more of the paper rather than the plastic, and I find that has the um, perfect okay. tackiness to get it off the backing paper, but not stick so much. Okay. I don't know if you ever had any issues right. with the stuff that you've used. Not recently, and uh, well, actually, no, yeah, I have. Um, I think I've just gotten better at at putting it on, um, and uh, I think it, it it's kind of dependent on the plastic. It seems. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really like to uh, work well with like uh, the champion type plastic, if I remember right. Hmm. I don't know. I do a lot of like the the star or like gold line or fusion type plastic. So, mm-hmm. so to get your black on your stencils, how do you do that, and what do you do? Uh, yeah, I like to do hot dips. Um, so, yeah, this was another thing the um, my wife kind of you know, push me into is like doing the, the hot dips. Cause I was, you know, uh, either using lotion or trying to like, uh, paint things in. But at the time I didn't know about like denatured alcohol versus acetone. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, ruined a lot of discs <laughs> and stencils, uh, from doing that. Or, you know, I could just never get the colors as dark as I wanted to with the the lotion dyes. Uh, so yeah, she got us one of those electric skillets. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even really measure out the you know, ratios or anything. I just, uh, put some water in there enough so that the disc floats and then I just keep adding dye until it gets black enough. What uh, color, uh, what dye specifically? Um, you use the, the pro cam, um, onyx and dark dungeon. Okay. And uh, it's mostly onyx and just add a little bit of dark dungeon to kind of like push it over that edge because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the onyx is supposed to be black, but you got to use a lot of dye before it actually turns black. Yeah. Roughly how long do you let a, say, star type plastic sit in hot dip? Or what is your even process for hot dipping if you have one? Well, once I get the stencil on, uh, you know, I'll turn the the skillet on let the the dye heat up uh then stir it up a little bit because you know the dye always separates and kind of sticks to the bottom Mm -hmm. and then um uh i usually heat the the disc up one way or another uh i started out using a blow dryer all the time uh now i kind of like leaving it sit under the heat lamp for Mm. about five to ten minutes Oh, yeah. Another thing I uh, borrowed from Lempa is the, you know, his method for getting the um, stencils on really well with the uh, the uh, hot water. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did for uh, the mandala here, you know, and that, that worked really well. Uh, you know, I was really afraid of any bleeds on that one because, mm-hmm. you know, it's clear disc, so yeah. you're going to see it. On both uh, sides. 
yeah, none of those uh, colors are going to cover that up too well. And uh, yeah, it has a, a smaller stamp on there, but the uh, the hot stamp left a good amount of etching in the disc. So uh, yeah, that uh, you know takes a little bit longer, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's the results are worth it. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's probably the best but most involved method, I think, for getting the stencil to adhere really well. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think heat lamp's probably next best option. And then uh, third is, uh, you know, using the, the blow dryer, like to just, uh, you know, heat the disc up a little bit until, you mm-hmm. know, it just feels warm to the touch and I'll just take it, flip it upside down and then just like press it down on uh, on the table or you know put some sometimes I'll put some paper towel down on the table and press on that so it's a, a softer surface so yeah. I don't you know risk you know damaging the stencil as much mm-hmm. yeah then, oh yeah I'll leave it in the hot dip for like 10 minutes okay. and then uh, check it if it's not dark enough after that I'll do another five to ten minutes depending on you know what i think it needs so have you ever have you ever had any issues with like little tiny bubbles yeah i did i had a flatter disc and it was kind of like almost concave towards the middle mm-hmm. I mean, you know it was nothing like a, a berg or anything like that um but yeah, the other was just part of a, a stencil i was trying to do where there's you know like this little quarter inch section that you know hmm. would not get any dye on it you know just every time it put it down it you know that little tiny spot stayed above the the uh the dye mixture so um i don't know it was getting late so i ended up uh just putting some some lotion on it and then leaving it sit for probably about 24 hours and and that was fine uh i did the same thing I do for the hot dip dye mixture for the, the lotion, just to get it nice and black and just mm. mix the onyx with the dark dungeon. And, uh, yeah, that actually works pretty well. Um, it wasn't until I discovered those two colors where I actually got a really good black lotion dye mixture. Hmm. Nice. Um, but using the heat lamp, uh, to heat up your disc for the hot dip and the stencil, I, I guess I'd never thought about doing that before, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, kind of the same, you know, principle as, uh, you know, putting it on the, the hot water. Yeah. Um, it might not be as good because, well, it heats up the whole surface evenly, but, yeah. you know, you have the rest of the vinyl, you know, that's wrapped around the the you know, the back of the bad disc is sitting on. So mm-hmm. I suppose that doesn't give quite as much. So um, probably not, you know, as good as the hot water method. But, you know, I've done it at least a few times now and it, it works really well. The only method that I have tried is a heat gun to seal up the, the vinyl so there's no bleeds. But um, I like the heat lamp idea because it technically should heat everything more evenly than a Mm -hmm. heat gun. Um, But I think like the order of operations would be heat gun, heat lamp, then the water is like probably the best 
Yeah. Um, I like the water method idea because then you don't have the potential to have any um, uh, air bubbles in like the tiny crevices because of the surface tension of the water. Um, because the residue water that you boiled with still might be in there and it won't, um, again, have that surface tension. So enough science. <laughs> what do you use to color in your stencil? Mostly kind of do like a lotion painting for that. You know, again, I'll have like the little like four ounce bottles with like the syringe type mm -hmm. tips on them, the, the metal tips. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just I order those off of Amazon. It's like five bucks for six of them or something. And they come with like little funnels too. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I found it's actually easier for me at least to like just mix up the lotion dye in like bigger bottles and then just you know squeeze it into the the smaller ones you know I tried messing around with the funnels and stuff like that but it was just too tedious and and too messy so you yeah. know now i just have like half a table you know taken up by uh you know all my different bottles i don't like to uh mix different colors to try to get the color i want i would rather just buy that color of dye and then just just have the color i want because mm. i'm i'm not not good at that i mean maybe i should uh look at the the color theory video on the the, the website but yes uh, um i think everybody should look at the color theory uh we have a course on color theory specific to disc dyeing and um it's very useful because that's the main thing of disc dyeing is color so uh, if you want to know how to do that and not get brown, good good thing to know. Yeah, yeah, it might save you a lot of money in uh, sort of quote unquote ruined discs. Yeah. So how long do you let the lotion sit on a disc? Um, and or if, do you use heat? If I don't use heat, I'll leave it sit for about twenty four hours. Um. With uh, this mandala disc here, with being so clear, I I think I let each color sit for probably about you know thirty six to forty eight hours, um, and actually after you know each time I took or washed the color off, it wasn't dark enough the first time, so um, I did uh, go over it again and then then use heat, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Usually I found that uh, I can, if I'm using heat, I can leave it sit under the heat lamp for about half hour and it usually gets it uh, dark enough. And, you know, if I want like a really light shade, I'll do less time. So a few questions. Um, what specific lotion do you use? And um, have you ever had it dry out when it was on the disc? Do you do anything to mitigate the lotion drying out? Yeah. So I use the uh, Queen helens i think it is uh yeah the real cheap stuff you know bot mm. bottom shelf stuff at walmart um but actually i do have a couple bottles of uh, i think it's suave lotion too mm -hmm. uh slightly more expensive not very much like maybe a dollar uh but yeah i use that when i want a, a thicker mixture but for the most part the the queen helens is is the most you know efficient Oh yeah, so I did have problems with the the lotion drying out, mm -hmm. but you know, luckily, you know, I know a guy who does a podcast yeah. about disc golf dying, and you know, if you listen to it, you learn some things. And uh, 
that's where I learned about, you know, putting the Frisbee over the top of the disc when the lotion's sitting on it and it doesn't dry out. And then you get a nice, even uh, color when you wash it off the next day. Like the outsides aren't always uh, light, you know, because the outside's always the first part to dry out. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you say so you got this, you know, circle and like all the edges are light and it's all dark in the middle. And then, I don't know, it's, and once that happens, it's can be tricky sometimes to fix that with, you know, just using the, the lotion method. Mm-hmm. Um, I have gone over uh, some discs like that and just kind of tried to like paint them in afterwards uh, with uh, paint brushes. Um, and that works, but I also have a hard time uh, hiding uh, brush strokes. I was going to say, have you ever uh, painted on a disc like you would with a spin dying? Um yeah, it sounds like you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before I discovered the, the lotion painting with the fine tip bottles, like mm-hmm. I would always, uh, you know, you know, paint things in when I wanted to do something like that. But that can take a long time, depending on you know what you're painting in, and you know, as uh, as we already discussed, I'm not always the most patient person but uh yeah luckily i you know improved that method so i don't have to worry about that because i have spent you know at least a couple hours you know just painting on on one disc and disc dyeing is not gonna make you a whole lot of money but it is a fun hobby yeah um not the greatest of margins for depending on especially if you do stencils my uh the time that you put in to do stencils color it in yeah that's a lot of time and effort and you basically get paid less way less than minimum wage oh yeah 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 i mean i think it's rewarding just seeing what you create in in the end though at the same time i don't really like sort of you know making it feel like a job so i don't really account for my own time when it comes to dying discs because then yeah you know it would make it feel like a job and you know right now it's just it's a fun hobby that kind of pays for itself yeah um it's probably the best way to think about this dying is uh make it a hobby and it can sustain itself mm-hmm. and maybe a little extra cash depending on whatever but it's the satisfaction of seeing other people love your artwork yeah it is yeah um what is your favorite dying accessory it's kind of lame but i guess i'd you know have to say the vinyl cutter because i like stencils because i can basically put whatever image i want on a disc Mm -hmm. um actually especially since you know i discovered the uh washi sheet Mm. setting on the the cricket because uh I don't know how many times, you know, I would find an image and cut a stencil before that. And then the, you know, the, the cricket would just murder the vinyl and there'd just be, you know, all these random pieces all over the place and, you know, stuck to the, the blade on the cricket itself. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're looking at it, you know, thinking like, okay, which one of these ones, (laughs) which one, you know, which ones of these pieces do I actually have to replace and which ones are just going to be black anyway? And, Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I don't know, it was just such a hassle. But yeah, I didn't even realize there were different settings. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least in the software itself, like it has a little dial where you can like adjust yeah. it on the thing. But yeah, you still have to like click on other things in the computer. And I didn't even know that existed because mm. the Cricut software is not the most intuitive. Yeah, not really, no. What was the most detailed stencil that you've done so far? Um, I mean, it's got to be the the mandalas. Okay. Um, yeah. Done a few of them. Um, I really like them. They're fun, but uh, I got to do them when I have the right amount of ambition. Yes. I can see those little dots being a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... I don't even know how much time I spent weeding this one. I didn't even, um, my, my wife weeded the first two that we did cause I didn't even really want to touch it, but, <laughs> um, I wanted to do this one on this disc with this specific design. So I was like, you know, I'm going to have to do this at some point. So I just, you know, sucked it up and, and did this one. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I probably never would have done a mandala in the first place if it wasn't for her being willing to um, weed them. So nice. Yeah. Uh, do you just find the designs, or do you make them yourselves? We found the designs. Uh, gotten a lot of stuff off of uh, Etsy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I have like a whole folder devoted to just mandalas and like over a hundred different images nice yeah no i really like that design too and i've wanted to actually try to make my own um with the procreate software and ipad it's fairly fairly simple uh because it can mirror to however many um points angles or whatever things that you want so yeah nice Hmm. yeah i have no experience with like image editing or photoshop or anything like that yeah well i mean for what you're doing that's pretty good thanks <laughs> what um uh, what do you foresee doing in your future is there anything that you want to try do or learn uh coming up you know maybe someday getting better at the uh you know chameleon cells uh I mean, I could definitely improve on like glue bed dyes too. That's not something I do too often. Um, I do like using the uh, agate style hmm. glue bed dye for backgrounds. So yeah, like you know, I've done several of those lately. Um, yeah, and like I said, right now I just really like doing like the stencil images with the the backgrounds because you know some of them look really cool and they really make the images pop. But um, I've accidentally done a couple really cool glue bed dyes. Overall, I wouldn't really consider myself very good at them. So um, I would like to get better at those. Uh, you know, like uh, Chris Tannis is amazing at the uh glue bed dyes oh yeah i showed you that one disc i you know sort of ruined um trying to do the the lollipop spin so Mm. um i would like to get better at that um (laughs) i've done a few that turned out okay but you know 
they're like uh they're like a 10 footers you know if you have them any closer to you than that you can see all of the mistakes you know all of the times where i didn't uh yeah. like i forgot to like dab off the brush or anything like that so it's got like the mm -hmm. splotches and streaks and whatnot um but yeah so i had to keep one of those discs and i still get compliments on it when i throw it but i mean <laughs> it's like look from over yeah, here yeah that's because it's several feet away and you know the person complimenting me is not holding it in their hand <laughs> yeah well that's a difficult method but, to do yeah um just takes a lot of practice yeah and um yeah even the like the clear glue getting a good pattern um and learning what colors do what when you drop them in the bed because not all the colors do the same thing some spread out more some don't um oh yeah like uh i think teal is really hard to control yeah like i yeah i've used teal i remember at least in floatrol i don't remember if i used it in glue but uh the pro chem teal blue you know i don't think it really behaves like the other dyes like it's mm -hmm. kind of just like goes wherever it wants and you know just kind of takes over yeah so um but yeah i really like that color so i gotta be very careful when i use that um I usually either mix a little bit of it with like Caribbean blue or hmm. um, I use it sparingly when I do use it. Yeah. Um, the thing that I've been trying to do recently with my clear glue beds is to do those swirls like uh, Nowski dyes. Uh, even Emily or just dyed by Emily does that. Um, one thing that I want to try is to thin out my glue so it's a little bit more watery. Okay. Um, so the dye moves a little bit easier because I know that's what Nowski does. Because um, hmm. I, I, I've been using uh, clear Elmer's glue, so I don't know what type of glue you've been trying to use. For the most part, I stick to the like Michael's store brand okay. glue because it's, it's a little bit cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, I think last time I was at the store, like the Elmer's glue was like, over 20 bucks a gallon uh, yeah i remember looking it was like 21 or 22 like stop getting more expensive yeah yeah even the michaels brand is like just under 20 now so i was like dang i remember mm. you know buying it for like you know 10 or 11 dollars a gallon so yeah it would be nice to get a little bit more mileage out of the glue um because i think it was uh daddy mac dies who said he doesn't like reusing the glue or somebody did i don't know on one of the podcasts i don't like reusing glue either because yeah you can't really see what the colors look like when mm -hmm. you're you know putting them down so i just find it really hard to you know kind of gauge what i'm gonna get out of the dye so yeah. i don't really like reusing the glue beds unless you know the only times i have done it is where you know, we do a glue bed dye and then um, I want to do another one with like similar colors right afterwards and just add some more color and, you know, just kind of, you know, mess around with it until I like it. And then I, you know, drop the disc in. Yeah. I don't do enough discs to really reuse the glue. So I barely go through any glue because I, I barely tie any discs anymore. Yeah, I also stole your your method for like getting rid of the glue. So you just you know 
mm. put some saran wrap in another frisbee and dump it in that, wrap it up, and throw it out because otherwise I was putting it in a, in a bucket and waiting for it to dry. Mm. Uh, and that takes forever. Yeah. Um, I have just dried out a few glue beds completely under a heat lamp and then just peel it out and throw it away. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, it's kind of fun. I like peeling the dried glue out. When it's like super thick, it's like the forbidden fruit roll up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you get a little bit on your hands. You can't get it off. Yeah. So I use press and seal and I forgot who I got that idea from. I think it was from actually Nowski, but yeah, that was a great idea. Easy cleanup. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've also learned it's not worth buying the the, the cheap saran wrap because mm. uh, I bought some cheap stuff and I could never get it to tear off cleanly. Mm. And it was always like pulling and twisting. And so, then I'd be like, you know, trying to hold it and like unravel it so I could actually use it. And there's several times I ended up just balling it up and throwing <laughs> it away and trying again. So... Yeah, I don't know. Spend the extra dollar on, you know, decent saran wrap would be my advice. So you use saran wrap to line the beds? Um, or do you use press and seal? Are you just, talking about... For just for when I'm, like, throwing out old glue. Um, otherwise, I you know, I don't use it to line the beds like you do. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just, you know, drop the glue or filter oh. all in, you know, straight into, uh, you know, Frisbee. Hmm. I like easy cleanup. It is. It is nice. It is helpful. So, what is the easiest part of disc dyeing, and what is the hardest part in your mind? I don't know. I don't really have a, a hard time, you know, like making a a, a flow trawl or glue bed for what I use them for mm -hmm. right now. Um, but you know, if I wanted to get better at those things um you know that could be more difficult but you know for my purposes you know i i don't really have a hard time at all you know making a bed you know glue bed or flow trial bed for a background anymore um so yeah no i guess that's that's kind of easy um i don't know a lot of things have gotten easier so it's really hard to say what's the, the easiest um thing about it right now um hardest thing i mean sometimes it's hard to just you know either find an image you want to use or pick an image you know because there's you know endless options out there um but you know that's kind of what i like about doing stencils um so yeah i don't know that that might be the hardest was the hardest part trying to answer that question <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i don't really feel like i have a great answer for either part of that question <laughs> that's that's perfectly fine uh what inspires you to die discs and what keeps you going well i mean it's just a just just an artistic outlet for one thing um so while i do get, you get frustrated from time to time it is also relaxing um you know sometimes you know just be in the basement you know listening to music or podcasts or you know sometimes i just 
kind of want to, you know, shut my brain off and, you know, only focus on, you know, weeding out this stencil or, you know, filling in this, this section blue or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I'm making cool stuff. Um, you know, I've done a you know few dies lately that I think turned out really cool. You know, done several like uh, you know uh, Pokemon dies with the the background. You know, like the Charizard with the fire background, or you know the the Bowser die that looks like lava in the background, and you know stuff like that and you know like the really intricate stuff like the mandalas while you know it's kind of a hassle to do you know when you see the end result that's uh that's pretty rewarding um you know i like it when i send somebody a disc and they're so excited that they send me a message when they get it and um yeah i mean i had had a guy ask me to like send some extra business cards so that he could, you know, hand them out to his buddies when he got his disc. So nice. yeah, stuff like that's pretty rewarding. You know, you get a random message of a disc hanging on somebody's wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did like a a whole series of like Alice in Wonderland discs for uh, somebody else because uh, you know he he just. He said he liked buying discs, and his wife is into Alice in Wonderland, so now their home office is decorated with a bunch of Alice in Wonderland discs hanging on the wall. That's awesome. So, yeah, they're not just discs. It's also home decor. (laughs) Yes, it can be. Uh, Do you have any notable commissions that you've done? Yeah, I don't know. I think some of them come with at least some... You know, mildly interesting stories. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I found one interesting because, like, I think I can't even remember this guy, like, won one of my auctions and then, you know, he messaged me about, you know, doing a couple other dies. Um, I think I did, like, a couple uh, Scooby Doo dies for him. And, uh, you know, he lost a disc you know threw it in the water so you know he ordered another one from me so i did that and then um his buddy messaged me he's like yeah you just did this uh disc for my buddy you know it's pretty awesome you're wondering if you could do a disc with you know this specific design on it and you know i was thinking he wanted a disc for himself it turns out no, he was just buying another disc for the same guy. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's cool. Like, apparently you're an awesome friend. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I thought that was a little crazy that, you know, guy already, you know, bought three discs from me, like probably within about like a month's time. And mm-hmm. then his buddy just thought it would be cool to order him another one. Um, so... Boy, he really must lose those discs or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I can't complain. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's perfectly fine. If you had to start disc dyeing right now, is there anything that you'd do differently knowing what you know now? Well, I mean, I definitely would have got a vinyl cutter sooner. Um, 
would have started, you know, doing hot dips sooner. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I would have, I would probably, you know, I wish I would have known more about like, uh, you know, sort of like the color theory type stuff sooner. Um, yeah, I don't there's probably other things, but you know, it definitely those three things that would have saved me a lot of time and frustration. If you were to give any imparting wisdom to either beginner desires or really anybody, what would it be? Probably don't underestimate the importance of washing your discs. You know, whether that's, you know, definitely before you start dying it, but, uh, you know, even like in between steps, um, you know, help with, you know, some colors, you know, bleeding into others and, and whatnot. Um, you know, cause I have done some where, you know, I, I do the, the hot dip for the outline and then, then the lotion painting. But, uh, I feel like when you don't wash the disc enough after you do the hot dip, then you get a little bit of the the black bleeding into the surrounding colors or, you know, distorting the, the surrounding colors. And speaking of that, how, like after you hot dip, what is your process for washing it or cleaning it? Cold water. Uh, mm -hmm. I, that was one thing I didn't know uh, starting out either, you know, cause the, the hot water can, you know, kind of cause the, the dye to bleed out a little bit more too. So mm -hmm. you know, just, cold water and you know dawn dish soap hmm. what do you use to wipe it down with uh got a couple towels hanging next to the the sink in the basement um you know if uh you know i need to keep the any of the vinyl on the disc after the hot dip then obviously just mm -hmm. you know very gently pat it down or uh, I've even you know, dried a disc off with like the blow dryer, hmm. you know, from time to time, but mostly just kind of just very gently pat it down. Yeah. Typically after I do my hot dip, I take uh rubbing alcohol and, um, either a cotton swab or some paper towel and wipe it down. But if there's like really fine detail or sharp detail, like the cotton swab gets stuck to the edges of the vinyl mm, to keep yeah. it going, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know um, how helpful it would be, like, you know, letting the disc cool after taking the, the vinyl off, um, starting out either. Because, yeah, the sometimes the, the residue can be a pain to wash off. I've had a few dyes where I've spent more time trying to clean it <laughs> off than I did trying to dye it. Yeah, the, I find it interesting. There's a few trains of thought of either... Uh, taking the vinyl off when it's hot or cold. Some people like to take it off when it's hot and some people like to take it off when it's cold. Um, I'm the proponent of after you hot dip it, just let it cool down. Mm -hmm. And as long as it's like room temperature, it's fine. Um, I know people like make it colder to help, but uh, the room temperature, I've never really had issues with residue. It's like, I've only had issues after I hot dipped and it was still warm and I took it off and I had a lot of residue. Hmm. Yeah. I think the worst plastic for residue is probably like a, like an Innova glow 
champion plastic or something like that hmm. for some reason just wants to hang on to like all the the vinyl and just spend forever washing it off so when you do have residue how do you get it off washing it several times like soap and water um you know i like to do that a few times you know to make sure i get any excess dye off mm -hmm. and then um I do use uh, Goo Gone sometimes, but um, I ha I have caused some dye bleeds by spraying that directly on a disc. So mm -hmm. I usually just put some on my hand and then rub it on the disc. And um, you know I'm still scared to leave it on there for too long. <laughs> so um, usually I will end up doing that a few times, and then uh, well, then you gotta wash it off. Mm -hmm. some more because the goo gone kind of makes the disc nice and oily so then you gotta yeah hit it with some more soap but yeah so what i've done is after the hot dip i make sure i clean it as best as i can so all the dye is off and i let it rest um but uh if there is any residue on i apply the goo gone pretty liberally and i let it sit for like um maybe two three minutes because I found once it sits, it kind of breaks down that adhesive and it mm -hmm. comes off really easy. Like if you try to do it right away, you're like really scrubbing and it's not coming off. But if you let it sit and marinate, mm -hmm. uh, the, the adhesive comes off way easier. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a little afraid to do that sometimes because like I said, I obviously I didn't have the disc washed off well enough in the first place but i've had that issue too where i didn't like clean it good enough and the black kind of smudged everywhere yeah yeah but yeah ironically i just did um an mvp glow disc and i didn't have any issues with residue well you know it's because mvp is the best well um the neutron might be my favorite plastic to die now um, I've done several of those lately. For some reason, there seems to be more MVP fans now. <laughs> For whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can't put my finger on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like the MVP Neutron and then the, the new uh, Gold Ice or Fusion Ice, like the new uh, trilogy star-like plastic. I think mm. that is really good um never died that yet yeah though those two probably my my uh favorites um i you know uh innova star plastic is really good too and um a lot of times i think i feel like that's you know it's easy to find you know innova white star discs so mm -hmm. i do a lot of those and you know more people throw destroyers than should so <laughs> they they sell really well so yeah, i usually don't hesitate to buy white destroyers when i can so um i've been doing a lot of those um but uh yeah another thing i learned from uh lempa is uh if you get a star plastic disc and you see a lot of swirling in it um that might uh cause some issues because i've had discs like that that uh the the plastic kind of 
peels after you know taking the vinyl off like once it's in a hot dip or something you know mm-hmm. it's almost like uh you know like like peeling a scab off or something you know like a thin yeah. la- layer of the the plastic comes off and then you end up with this weird rough spot on your disc and um i've had discs like that too where um they don't take dye and like you know uh there'll be like this one little spot that won't take dye and it's not you know like the the you know issues you sometimes have with the release agent where mm-hmm. you know there's like, like a lot of like oil in the disc yet and, you know doesn't take dye in certain spots um you know just it just looks different so um yeah i don't know there's just a little uh piece of advice for people out there that might not know it'd be uh, just be a little wary of uh you know like the star plastic if you see a lot of swirling in it it might cause issues um huh i haven't had it happen too often but i've had a few star discs where they kind of you know peel or they won't take dye in a certain spot for some reason hmm that's interesting about the swirl thing i never heard about that but i did have a, a small part of a star plastic delaminate you know like you said and it's, oh yeah yeah that's it yeah, yeah. i was like yeah, huh. that's, that's what you call that yeah so I was like i didn't know i could do that now i know don't do that <laughs> um sweet i don't know if i ever heard anybody talk about this before i mean i probably have i just don't remember um because actually my, my buddy bill that got me into dying in the first place um he told me about this uh sometimes when he does or when he did spin dies and i you know adopted this too um he would use uh like cosmetic sponges and use those for spin dies because they don't really, you know, it's, it's a way to avoid um, brush marks. So instead of using brushes, um, he would use the uh, cosmetic sponges. And, uh, you know, they come in like wedge shapes and they're probably like half an inch wide. And I, you know, just cut them in half. Or, I mean, you could probably cut them in, in thirds. Um, but, yeah, I like... I like using those, uh, and that's what I used, you know, starting out doing all those uh, watermelon dyes. So, um, found it really easy to avoid, you know, leaving lines and stuff like that. Yeah, sort of accidentally discovered too, like with the watermelon dyes specifically, um, you know, if you do the, the spin dyeing first and you put the, the vinyl on there and, you know, um, wrap it all the way over the edge, the first stencils I I got, they were, you know, they only covered the center of the disc, so that didn't really work. But if you, you know, cut it so that it's big enough to wrap all the way around the edge, you know, you do the spin die first and then, you know, you do your hot dip or however you want to get the, the black seeds on there afterwards, you know, and then when you pull that vinyl off, um, it pulls a little bit of the die off, but it gives you that more realistic look in the the rind part of the uh watermelon dye so you um that's how i accidentally got some pretty cool like realistic looking uh watermelon dyes okay that's um that's pretty cool uh using um what people would consider a problem Mm -hmm. 
to make something good. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it it, it kind of works for the the pizza dyes too because yeah. you know if you look at a pizza crust, it's mm-hmm. not perfectly uniform brown all the way around the outside. You know, it'll be you know shades of brown. So nice. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anybody use cosmetic sponges for spin dyes. Like, have you have you tried Q-tips and stuff like that? Oh yeah, yeah. I use a lot of uh, use a lot of Q-tips. Um, you know, I've used brushes too. Um, but you know, like I said, I've always kind of had a hard time like avoiding use uh, getting the the brush lines. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know, you know. One of the best ways to avoid lines is, you know, just go slower, but, you know. I want it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it done yesterday. <laughs> um, with those sponges, do you use varying pressures to get different thicknesses? Um, yeah, uh, mostly that's, you know, it's, it's kind of harder to control. So I would, you know, preferably I would just cut the sponge thinner or thicker but yeah i have you know just kind of like you know squeeze the sponge as i'm you know doing a spin die to you know change the the thickness or it's kind of nice too like the the you know obviously the whole thing's very absorbent so mm-hmm. once you dip it in the dye like it, it pulls all the way up the sponge so it's kind of nice because you don't have to then, you know, like a brush, you can only put a little bit on, then you got to redip it and then dab it so you don't get the mm-hmm. splotches. But with the sponge, you can just kind of squeeze it and push some of the dye back down towards the end and then just keep going. So the sponges, they're probably about like that wide, give or take? Yeah, I think their standard is like mm-hmm. probably about half an inch wide, but then I I usually cut them all in half like I'd almost never done a, a spin die that thick i mean except for maybe this disc that's probably what i used here because that was uh you know just what i was doing at that point in time yeah that seems like a good way to apply a lot of dye fast is taking that whole thing and just go mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's very quick hmm. um and yeah like i said i mostly use um either uh, acetone or the uh, quick coat worm dip which has some acetone in it i think it's it's probably just a little bit more diluted because it doesn't really have very much of that acetone smell to it yeah kind of answers my next question but does the mixture dissolve the sponge mm, no not really okay. i mean maybe if you used one sponge for a long time i would yeah. assume it would but um I don't always reuse the sponge, but I have used sponges for several discs before, and I haven't really noticed that. Uh, the only thing is, is like, you know, if you don't, I've never rinsed them out, but I mean, I suppose maybe if you rinse them out afterwards, they would last longer. But after a few discs and, you know, sitting around for a while, they mm-hmm. kind of get a little hard and crusty. So and just throw them away and grab more because I don't even remember how much they cost because a long time ago i just ordered like a giant bag of them off of amazon and then like i said you know i'm cutting them all in halves if not thirds so i haven't I haven't bought any more sponges for like a couple of years right on um yeah that's yeah another 
cool tip that I never thought that to use for spin dies is those uh, wedge sponges. They're wedge sponges, right? Yeah, yeah, they're like okay. cosmetic wedges or yeah. whatever. They're, yeah, I think that's what they're called. So I'll be in the uh, grocery store line or something like that and buying all this makeup material. It's like, <laughs> um, what are you doing with that? You do sometimes look a little peculiar peculiar when you go shopping for dye supplies. Especially if you have like a bunch of lotion and paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I have gone to Walmart and, you know, bought, you know, filled my cart up with lotion and paper towels and Q-tips <laughs> and acetone. And yeah, it does look a little odd, but, you know, got to do what you got to do. Yes. All right. Well, I've learned a lot on the dye portion. We're going to get to know you on a personal level now. So the first segment that I have is favorite fave. What is your favorite band or song? Ah, I like a lot of bands. Um, you know, I was in a band for a while. Um, but one of the bands we covered a lot was Foo Fighters. So nice. if I had to pick a favorite band, I would have to go with Foo Fighters. Um, I've even done a few Foo Fighters dies, and I'm always tempted to keep one for myself, but uh, to this day I've sold them all. Um, I still want to do one for myself. But So the next question I have is, what are your hobbies besides disc golf and disc tying? I know you said you played in a band. What did you play? Well, I mostly played drums because, uh, you know, that's always been kind of my... My main thing, I guess, uh, you know, I played percussion through junior high and high school. Um, and then, you know, when I was in college at one point, you know, I was living in an apartment building, you know, couldn't play drums. I didn't really have that, you know, artistic outlet. Um, so, yeah, I really, really feel like having that in some capacity is kind of important for well, at least my mental health. I think it could help everybody, though. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Then you know, I started to play guitar because I was in an apartment, and uh, you know, you can't really get away with uh, playing an acoustic drum kit in an apartment building. Not really. And uh, I didn't really want to buy an electric kit. I've never really liked them. I have played some nice ones that that are pretty good but yeah they're usually really expensive oh yeah yeah um but uh yeah so then you know i picked up guitar for a while and then uh you know then shortly after that you know or maybe even during that time i met my buddy brandon and then uh him and uh cousin robbie you know we started a band and uh yeah that was you know, three solid years of fun, you know, played several shows. We covered a lot of, a lot of Foo Fighters. Uh, and then, you know, I would play, I would play guitar for, I don't know, maybe like five or six songs. Um, I think I only sang like four or five of those. And then um, the other two songs, um, you know, me and Brandon, we would switch, you know, playing drums, guitar, and, you know, he would sing and play drums and I would just, you know, be up there you know trying to play guitar i wasn't wasn't very good at it but you know i could do like you know power chords and whatnot you know wrote some some simple mm -hmm. songs but uh yeah 
Yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. Well, um, you play more instruments than I do, and I commend you for playing drums because I do not have the hand-eye coordination to move all my flanges in synchronization. <laughs> um, that's difficult. Uh, I find that strange. I feel like if you can play guitar or bass, like you could play drums. But I mean, I can. Very basic stuff. Um, but yeah, again, it's just not my cup of tea. Guitar is like, not like. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like if you have the fine motor control, you should have like the gross <laughs> motor control. But the gross motor control. Gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And, I, I guess. Yeah, they are two totally different animals. I mean, animals. Yeah, I struggle. You know, kind of in the opposite way. Yeah. You know, I'm not very. Uh, you know, not as uh, dexterous with my fingers. I guess. And, and drumming is a workout. Oh, yeah. It's like you can't really be out of shape to play the drums. No, no. I, I feel like I would definitely uh, get out of breath, you know, pretty quickly, depending on the, the song and the tempo right now. Uh, <laughs> not exactly in the, the greatest shape I've been in, but. Nice. Um, not nice, but yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, no. That's bad. Nice. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that was. Uh, that's um, my other hobby or passion. Um, actually, went to school for exercise science. So, really, uh, for a while, you know, I was working at a at a gym. You know, doing uh, mostly group classes, but you know, I did some some personal training and you know stuff like that. Um, you know, got a few certifications over the time, hmm. um, but yeah. So when I was working in West Bend. I worked at a gym, you know, full time. Did that for a couple of years, but you know, got kind of kind of burnt out. Um, wasn't you know the biggest fan of the way the the business was run, and then you know you couple that with uh, the the schedule of you know uh, you know teaching classes at you know five a.m. in the morning, <laughs> and then you know teaching more classes at you know, five and six yeah. PM. And then, you know, you gotta hurry up, go home and get to sleep so you can get back up and get to the gym at 5 AM the next morning. Yeah. So, yeah. It was kind of a weird life, you know, working a half day and then having a giant gap in the middle of the day and then working another half day. Yeah. Those weird hours are definitely interesting. Um, so what do you do for work now? Um, right now I work for a company that, uh, distributes auto accessories. So, um, kind of do, you know, a little bit of a lot of things in that job. You know, I'll be in the warehouse one day and then on, you know, the next day I might be, you know, driving, you know, pretty much anywhere in the state, you know, we deliver, pretty much anything above like the Madison Milwaukee line, hmm. you know, up to the UP and then into like central Wisconsin. And, you know, uh, right now everything else is kind of covered by somebody else, but yeah. So when you do go on these trips, do you take a side trip to any disc golf courses? Oh, it's so tempting. Um, 
I mean, if you don't want to divulge on the show, that's fine. You can tell me afterwards. Oh, no. Unfortunately, I don't really have the time to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, because we do have to drive so far and, you know, make a certain amount of stops and, you know, uh, for the courses I would want to stop to play are, you know, half hour lunch breaks, not enough. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I could stop and play a few holes, but you know, how, how can you go to a course like, uh, you know, Silver Creek and Manitowoc and mm. play like <laughs> six holes and then leave? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I could do that or, um, you know, my, Favorite course in the state probably is uh, Standing Rocks up near Stevens Point. If you've ever been there. Yes. I recently just played that course, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, You know, just there's so many holes and it's just a variety of uh, shot shapes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a lot of of fun. Um, That'd probably be my favorite. Silver Creek's probably... Maybe second. I don't know. Sandy Knoll's up there, too. There's a lot of good courses. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Have you been up to Sandy Point? Uh, I have not yet, uh, but, I, but I want to. Yeah, that one's that one's pretty gorgeous, too, because, like, you're, you're up north in the middle of the woods, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can just tell it's, like, it's an old forest, and, you know, somebody's cut a disc golf through it, disc golf course through it, you know, like... 30 years ago or however long ago it was, you know, nice. you know, it's just, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. A lot of like uneven footing, just like little like roots and mounds and, you know, there's a lot of moss growing everywhere. Um, so yeah. the, the, the putting is challenging. It's not the longest course, but you know, with the trees and the uneven footing, it, it makes for an interesting time on the, the putting green. Yeah, one of these days I'll have to get there. There's, again, so many damn courses in Wisconsin that take a lifetime to play every single one. Oh, yeah. Um, but also the names, I get confused, like Sandy Knoll, Sandy Point, Silver Fox. Uh, Silver Creek. Silver Creek. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, the same. yeah. Uh, we need to maybe change some of the names or... stony something or something or oh yeah whatever. there's there's silver creek and then there's stony creek yes <laughs> uh, but anyways i digress uh back to your favorite faves what is your favorite food well i mean after a round of disc golf i mean me and my buddy we kind of have a tradition where we try and hit up the nearest uh mexican restaurant you know Probably get a you know fat burrito or some fajitas or something like that. Nice. But I don't know. I like a lot of food. I'm not uh, not too picky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I like Mexican. I like a nice steak. You know, uh, you know, I sucker for like a rotisserie chicken. Um, I don't know. I like to cook too. Um, you know, fish. I don't really like shellfish though it's kind of a texture thing hmm. but yeah i don't know i like i, I like say a what lot of different don't types like? of food uh mushrooms really it's again it's a texture thing yeah, i guess i like fish but i don't like shrimp because of the texture yeah i can see that <laughs> same same so yeah yeah that's yeah that's a much easier question <laughs> don't like mushrooms don't like shellfish 
Okay. Uh, what is your favorite beverage? Uh, lately, I've been drinking a lot of just water, but like, you know, I either put like, you know, one of those propel packets in there mm-hmm. or um, I like adding just like a squirt of uh, lemon and a squirt of lime juice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's important to drink a lot of water. It is very important, especially when you play an exhausting round of disc golf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'd like to drink alcohol too. Um, had a couple old fashions the other day, you know, very Wisconsin of me. I was going to say, of course, old fashioned. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I like, you know, hitting up a, you know, craft brewery too. Um, (laughs) yeah, the other day, like went out with some coworkers and I like sampled pretty much every beer on the menu before, deciding on one <laughs> pretty drunk by then yeah no i felt bad but uh we, we did leave the bartender a nice tip so there you go there you go <laughs> um yeah i don't really drink soda though kind of quit that several years ago yeah um i used to drink like three mountain dews a day okay that's definitely not good for you <laughs> yeah 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 when you quit drinking soda and you lose five pounds in one week that's uh that's a sign yeah no i remember as a kid i used to drink a lot of mountain dew i was like boy that's that was not good for me (laughs) i mean if it's true that you know stuff like that stunts your growth like (laughs) (laughs) okay wonder how tall it could have been (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're not that short but (laughs) only five six so (laughs) okay well You'll never know. (laughs) Nope. The next section that I have for you is, if you had to pick three discs to play for the rest of your life on any course, what would they be and why? (laughs) So, yeah, I've listened to this podcast enough. I I already knew this was coming. Yes. (laughs) Can't surprise you, at least with the questions that you know. No. Um, So, yeah, I already had the the answers in mind. I have the most experience with, like trilogy discs so it'll pretty much be a you know trilogy three pack um and actually i think this happened once and i i shot pretty well uh i I didn't have any discs with me and my buddy messaged me that you know they were going out to play around i was like yeah uh i'll play but you got to give me some discs to use so uh he gave me a uh a, a warden uh, dynamic discs and then uh, an emac truth and and escape so that's what i would use because um, well the warden's flat and um not too deep so mm. i can putt with it i can throw it um if i get in a weird situation where i would need to forehand it i could do that um and then you know the other two discs are also versatile you know like i could forehand backhand either one of them they're not stupid overstable um not really understable either they're just kind of neutral mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh that's what i would go with right oh yeah the emac truth used to be my jam for a while actually it's like that was my go-to disc yeah that's probably the oldest disc in my bag mm-hmm. um i'd bought one like after like less than a year of playing and uh, been 
throwing it ever since. Um, ironically, it's not super beat in yet. I don't, can't really notice too much of a flight difference between that and the newer ones that I have. Um, it just holds flat for another second, you mm -hmm. know, compared to the ones that I haven't thrown very much. Yeah. I've used the one that I have a lot and I actually started to notice that it was starting to become understable. Hmm. Yeah. That, that would be nice. Hmm. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I got to throw mine at some more trees. Which is pretty easy to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. The next section I have is Dream Date. If you had to pick a pro disc golfer to play around with and hang out in general, would it be and why? You know, I knew this was coming, but I still don't have a good answer. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of good pros out there. Um, you know, was fortunate enough to meet a good amount of you know like touring pros. Uh, went and uh, spectated uh, Vegas this year. Oh, nice! At least on the final day. Uh, oh yeah, I remember seeing pictures of that. You know, the wife was nice enough to <laughs> let me. Or, well, to come with me and do that um, on our uh, honeymoon in Vegas. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to pick. I mean, there's so many pros out there that have, like, great personalities that seem like people that I would like to just hang out with. Um, you know, I like watching, you know, like those skins matches and, you know, just seeing all the you know hearing all the trash talk <laughs> um you know like you know calvin heimberg is probably like one of the one of the best trash talkers you know because he's just like so dry and sarcastic mm -hmm. he, sometimes it takes a second to pick up on that yeah. um you know i don't know nate sexton would be another good one uh i don't know like ricky would be cool because he's goofy and you know it would be fun to just like uh play with him you know watch him play up close and personal but you know i suppose i have seen him play up close and personal too but i wasn't on the card with him so um but you have to pick one <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm just trying to figure that out uh, i don't know does it have to be a disc golfer anything related to disc golf no i was just thinking of like a different celebrity okay who would that person. be person um i don't know i'd like to play around a disc golf with aaron Rodgers. that'd be cool interesting interesting yeah does he play disc golf i don't know that'd be interesting to see but, him throw a disc so i've heard a lot of people say like you know, on Reddit or like on other podcasts or whatever that like, you know, state it like as a fact that he does play disc golf, but I've never seen well, any actual proof of that. Like mm -hmm. I've even Googled it or like searched for <laughs> yeah. um, YouTube videos. And I did find a YouTube video that was titled, you know, Aaron Rodgers throws like a 400 foot driver, something like that. But the guy didn't look like Aaron Rodgers, the football player. So mm -hmm. I think it was just somebody yeah. else by the same name, yeah. or maybe it was just clickbait. Who knows? Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I think he'd be good at it and, you know, it'd be a good time because he is like a, you know, like a scratch level, like ball golfer. So, I mean, he would have like the, the, the mental game and like the physical, physical capabilities mm-hmm. for it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a good trash talker too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think that'd be fun. Interesting. Well, I never had a guest pick somebody outside of disc golf to play with, but they, cool. I, yeah, I couldn't pick one <laughs> disc golfer because, you know, I've been lucky enough to meet several pros, like I said, and, you know, there's just a lot of them out there that, you know, seem like, you know, mm. cool people, uh, you know, yeah, I, I would, you know, like add like Katrina Allen to that list, you know, that'd be cool. Um, you know, I watched like Owen Scoggins play like U.S. Women's and, mm-hmm. you know, she was like in the, I think she finished in like the top three, I want to say. I can't remember for sure. But I mean, she was up there towards the top and like contending for the win, mm-hmm. you know, at, you know, at one point either in like the third or fourth round and you wouldn't know it you know Mm -hmm. she was just out there having a good time like she was you know playing around a disc golf with her friends you wouldn't know that there was like a major title on the line you know she was just you know Mm -hmm. laughing having a good time in between shots like the only time she was serious like was when she was actually throwing nice and yeah i don't know i think that's that's impressive because I have a really hard time doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to, uh, sometimes you can take yourself a little too seriously in the game and it's nice to have that relaxed attitude. At least I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I constantly have to remind myself like it's just a game like this does not matter. It does not have any bearing on the rest of my life. So, you know, might as well just try to have fun with it. Yeah. So when I miss my easy 10 foot putts, I just laugh. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah you miss a lot of those <laughs> <laughs> facts all all facts but yes so we learned a lot about disc dying and you know your personal side of things where can people find your work if they want to see what you do and or get some discs from you um yeah so we're at uh donnie dies on instagram actually it's Donnie underscore dies. So it's D O N N Y underscore dies on Instagram and then um, at Donnie dies on Facebook. So yeah, usually people just message us through there. Um, I don't know. We have an email too, but I don't even know if I have the address on me. But yeah, or you can reach out to us at oh yeah, just Donnie Dies Discs at gmail.com. Um yeah, any one of those will work. You yeah. know. Cool beans. Well, if you haven't seen his work, please go check it out. Give him a follow and like because he does have some amazing stuff. Just hit nine hundred today. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's see if we can push it over to a thousand or above. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so you'll be also raffling off a disc and what you see in front of you right here is the disc in question. So can you explain a little bit more about this? Um, this is a, uh, C line MD three, 
um, from Discmania. It's from the one of the more recent uh, Discmania mystery boxes. Uh, I don't know if that makes it more sought off after or not, but either way, did this uh, sweet mandala die on it. I uh, actually didn't even know how to say mandala until <sighs> we started doing these dies you know before that i was like yeah it's a mandala (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think that's right mandala um but yeah no put some of my favorite colors on there you know it's uh the teal blue and the neon cerise pink so yeah it looks pretty cool and it spins too um it's one of those ones where you know it look cool on somebody's wall or flying through the air absolutely especially on a sunny day yeah that 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 would look really cool. So if you want a chance to win that amazing disc, uh, you can head to the Dyer's Guild website at dyersguild.co slash raffle. That's where you can find it. And 100% of the proceeds will be going back to Don to help support his amazing hobby. So if you want to help support him and uh, help him create some more amazing artwork, again, go to dyersguild.co slash raffle to get entered now. Um, so this We'll go live where you can buy tickets when this podcast gets released and it'll be live for two weeks after that. Um, so yeah, awesome. That's, that's a great disc. I kind of want it. <laughs> uh, well, Don, thank you for being on here and I'm glad you thanks could be for having person. me and, uh, thanks for playing around at Sandy. No, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Always a great time. I missed that course. Yeah. Uh, it's still my most played course on UDisc, but I'll probably change that this year. <laughs> nice. So, all right, guys, uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye.